Hi, it's me, Dr. Jen, here for Six Minutes of Science, and today we want to talk about testing flaws and the research that says the PCR tests that we were relying upon, that we were told were the, the standard in order to detect COVID-positive people, 97% false positives. And why is that? And I know that we've gone beyond relying on the PCR test, but we want to look back and then we want to move forward. So one thing I want to talk about is when we look at the amplification tests that use a PCR, we were relying on an amplification standard of 30 cycle threshold. And what happened is the CDC was saying, no, we're not going to rely on 30 cycle threshold amplification in order to detect any presence of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. We were going to require 40 cycle threshold. And at 30, the test becomes unreliable. And at 40, the amplification re results in so many tests being false positive. They've researched it and said it's 97% of the positive PCR tests were actually false positives because of the, the quantity of amplification that had occurred. So let's just go back in time to remember that the PCR test was never created as a diagnostic test, was never created to be able to detect the genetic sequence of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and it certainly was never intended to be used in isolation as the sole indicator of the presence of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Now, the CDC has always relied upon PCR tests to determine whether or not Americans were testing positive. This is an interesting um, research that the president of Tanzania did, and he wanted to find out if, in fact, other beings could test positive for the SARS-CoV-2 virus. So he took a sheep, a goat, and a pawpaw fruit. I guess it's native or indigenous to that region in Tanzania. And so we, they tested it with using the PCR test, tested all those different uh, um, items. So what they found, and this is very interesting, that the pawpaw fruit and the goat tested positive for PCR with the PCR test for SARS-CoV-2 virus. So we recognize that the PCR test doesn't only detect virus, it, it, it detects many other viruses, bacteria, and other organisms, and not only living organisms. So it's really important to understand that. Now, one of the things that I wanted to go over is that we are no longer utilizing, or should be no longer utilizing PCR tests. And one of the things that the CDC informed us is that there was a cross reactivity of the PCR test with influenza. So remember that conversation back in 2020 and in 2021 of, oh, there's so few people <coughs> that are testing positive with influenza. And there are so few people now dying with influenza. Oh, well, it must be because SARS-CoV-2 virus is so severe and people are dying from COVID. And in fact, the data really was that the tests, the PCR tests that are not very sensitive to detecting SARS-CoV-2 virus, were actually detecting people as positive for SARS-CoV-2 virus when in fact they were really positive for influenza. So we cannot utilize information that is not accurately sensitive in terms of determining the genetic sequencing of the virus. 
And remember, the PCR test was not looking for the complete sequencing. It was just looking for little fragments of the genetic code that was evident. And through the amplification process, we could infer that that sequence referred to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. So now we're focusing on that more the nucleic acid um, test, and that test also relying on amplification, but it's looking at the whole genetic code. And that is really important to understand that it's identifying that genetic code and that presence of the genetic code and that amplification allows for detecting even small amounts of the virus being present. So let's go back to where we started in the beginning of this conversation. That yes, we have gone past where we started, which was the PCR test. We recognize that the developer of the PCR test never intended it to be utilized for what we utilized it, especially here in the United States. And the accuracy was so flawed in terms of giving us accurate information of those people really were testing positive with being 97% false positives. So that should provoke us, that should churn us up to recognize that we have to be moving forward. We have to be looking for the most accurate, most sensitive um, diagnostic tests to give us the right information to protect the people at highest risk and to absolutely come out and say that information was as accurate as we had information then and there's such better testing that we have access to now and we have to rely on that. So that's the best part of science is detecting and correcting and moving forward and taking responsibility and acknowledging that. That's what we do in six minutes of science. We provoke you, we give you the research, read it yourself, understand the science and understand that we're in a constant process of evolving with more information so we can better equip and protect people at highest risk. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for being the best part of our community of Six Minutes of Science. Please join us in Experience TLC and please continue to share this information. It's really important that we are bridging, connecting people together, doing it compassionately and living beyond the pandemic together. Bye for now.